the, then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to, to normal. normal. Yeah. And I say, you mean like the flu vaccine that's 8% effective? Doesn't work. I catch I mean, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. George Floyd was not taken out because he was black. George Floyd was taken out because he was owed major drug money by Derek Shaver. You're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which, by the way, give most people that take them the flu. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell me that this new, and they can't sue, you can't sue them for this without going through the VAERS court, which is a joke. And you're going to tell me that once we have a untested, brand new, rushed through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal? Good luck with that. I'll tell you what, they're going to test it in Africa, like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off $1,000 per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here. Found out what the Chinese Communist Party, the Red Dragon, is doing to these people and have been doing to these people for the last 20 years in China, sending hundreds and thousands of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians, and Tibetan Buddhists. Particularly, 95% of um, the victims are Falun Gong practitioners to be state-mandated hospitals, concentration camps, death camps, military facilities, uh, military facilities run by the Chinese military at the behest of the, of the highest-ranking officials of the Chinese Communist Party to create a illegal sanctions forced organ harvesting business. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Paul Aguilar. Really appreciate you guys stopping in for another episode. If you guys are watching us on YouTube and you aren't already a subscriber, we'd really appreciate it if you guys hit that subscribe button, uh, as well as hitting that bell icon and the thumbs up that really helps us out a lot as well um, if you guys are on the go and want to check us out you can find us on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio at truth defender podcast we'll have all the links to our social media down below twitter instagram facebook rumble uh, for you guys if you want to stop in on there as well um, if you guys want or have any questions for myself, my guests, or any topic recommendations or guest recommendations as well, you guys can shoot us an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Our next guest is Pastor Scott Mitchell. He's the host of the Bible Ministries podcast and the pastor of a church in Seguin, Texas. As we mentioned, it's about four hours away from us right now. Um, with a career background in music, legal support, and technology, Scott has been a scriptural scholar studying biblical history and mysteries for 40 years. He founded utbnow.com to provide resources to help people unlock the mysteries of the Bible. Without further ado, Pastor Mitchell, how are you doing, sir? Paul, I am very well, thanks. I hope you are doing well, too. Absolutely. We really appreciate your time. Uh, appreciate you stopping in and sitting down with us today. Um, yes, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's so we kind of want to jump right in here. Um, now, obviously, there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world today. It seems that it's actually ramped up a lot lately um, in the last year, year and a half or so. Um, and a lot of people, I mean, we've heard it for years. I'm sure you've heard it for the longest time as well. And, and a lot of our listeners as well. But are we, do you think, are we 
close to the end times? Are we in the end times? Um, what What do you kind of think on that whole topic? I mean, if there was ever a time in history that I can remember, and I've only been on this earth for about 35 years, but it, it seems like we've just ramped up a lot lately. Um, and it would seem like we definitely are in those times. It, it does appear that way to me too, Paul. Um, I think not only the events we're seeing around us, but the timing of things seems to be coalescing because we have uh, an explosion in technology with, uh, and I'm talking about beyond just smartphones and smart TVs, but AI, artificial intelligence, nanotechnology, and evidently biological war- warfare technology that's getting to the point where now we can genetically modify human beings. Um, that is coalescing with what appears to be a, uh, a transfer of wealth for the first time very recently, where 80% of all the wealth in the world was once controlled by uh, the middle class. And uh, the remainder was controlled by the 1%. That just made a crossover so that the 1%, the corporate oligarchs, now control 80% of the wealth. And I'll get into why I think that's important here later on if you want to. But uh, they now are essentially controlling what you might call is the resources or the means of production. And it's no longer governments dictate to oligarchs. Now oligarchs dictate to governments. And then lastly, um, <clears throat> there's some prophetic things we can look at in Scripture that might be alluding to the timing of events. And when you put all those together, it sure does look like, uh, and, and there's some unusual things that we can mention too, like the sudden declassification of some unexplained aerial phenomenon that uh, the military released that clearly shows there's a technology that we don't possess and or at least we don't know that we possess and um that could be culminating in what all these events are about to coalesce into right yeah it's it's definitely so you know when you speak about technology now it's no secret and you could just look around but that humanity or if you want to say christians or you know for whoever's out there, you know, whatever they believe in, but for Christians and Catholics and such, it seems like a large portion of us, because I would consider myself in, in that Christian circle as well, mm-hmm. um, that people of our faith have turned their back on God lately. It would seem not just recently, but I mean, in the last, I don't know, if it was, I guess it'd be ramping up in the last 10 years or so. Now, the whole technology part of it, you know, now you see a lot of things that come out of, let's say, like Elon Musk talking about trying to merge human beings with technology and him wanting to implant chips and in, in people's heads and such. Um, to now, what looks like very much to me like the mark of the beast coming with the whole vaccine passport things, and a lot of people won't be able to buy and. They can't go out to certain restaurants and you can't go out to certain areas if you don't have it. Um, you can definitely see that happening in Australia as well to an extreme level. Yeah. Um, now, is is that, I want to say, did that, the technology start that first or is that happening now because people have turned away from God and their religion? Well, to to be fair, the 
the march away from God uh, by the by mankind in general has been going on for millennia. Right. So th- we're just in the latest phase of that, and I guess for you and I as Americans, it's finally come home to roost. It, it's been going on in Europe for some time. Um, they they already turned away and went into darkness in other countries, and. Um, Socialism is generally the mechanism by which wealth is transferred from the many to the few. Uh, it's, it's just so ironic to me that the people that advocate for socialism want to stick it to the capitalist man and not realizing that they're playing right into the oligarch capitalist hand. And I'm not saying anything bad about capitalism when it's in its pure form in the free market. I'm talking about the corporate oligarchs that manipulate and use people and use the system of socialism to transfer power and wealth to them. And they fall for it. They're like pawns to them. And so they end up becoming victims of the very people they hate. And it, it's just ironic to me that they fall for that every single time. Uh, but the, the march away from God has been going on for a long time. It's not that because we've abandoned God that this is happening. The Bible predicted that it w- would happen. So it's like, it's not to say, well, because we did this, God did this. He's going to pour his wrath out on the wicked. Uh, and that's what's coming soon. But they've been that way for a long, long time. And therefore, uh, the, the message of grace has still been the same for 2,000 years. Uh, God will receive anybody that will trust his son and call upon his name. But the, uh, the world has reached a point where the, the hydra, the satanic global elite, has gotten enough power that they can now come out of the shadows. They've been working behind the scenes as the unseen hand for many, many, many centuries. But now they're coming out of the shadows and they're ready to step into the limelight. No, it's definitely not a secret now. I mean, it's a lot of the things you see on TV that are happening. It's just not like not even trying to hide it anymore. It's just so out in the open um, and they just don't care. I mean, you you hear calls for things like for people to fight back and to stand up for your rights and stuff like that. But. It just doesn't seem to do any to anything. It's I think quite we'll be on that point, right? Uh, I, and I don't want to. I, I don't take this as hopelessness because I'm very excited. If this is in fact the last days, then God's going to revenge His people, and we're going to see these uh, awful satanic individuals that have been manipulating people for centuries finally get their just desserts. Um, but we no longer have a political solution. I think we've seen in this country that uh, elections can be manipulated and rigged. Uh, we don't have a voice amongst the people any longer. The, the people we elect, if they're good, they can't get anything done or they get corrupted. Uh, and basically, they're, the, the representatives are owned by these oligarchs. So it's not like we can vote them out of power. It, maybe there was a time when we could, but we're past that. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 quite disheartening, um, not just for myself, a lot of people I know. Um, now, you know, you have a lot of people that are, I mean, police and people that are like in law enforcement, firemen, I have a lot of people that I was with in the military as well. And, you know, they're all getting kicked out and stuff like that. And it's just a crazy time. Um, and it's, it's, it's scary for a lot of people. Um, but I mean, so you mentioned before about the release of classified material concerning like extraterrestrials and such. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of people that I that were like in the military, especially people that worked 
I want to say we were like in the Navy, like I was, they were like on ships. And mm-hmm. a lot of those people don't need proof per se um, from the government. To, Have you to, seen some things yourself? <laughs> to I'm trying to, it's like the, I'm trying to get the long way around to that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, like a lot of people that I would speak with and I, I know and things that we've seen, people that are on ships specifically in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of nowhere, don't need any kind of proof from the government to know that there's extraterrestrials out there, whether they come from outer space, uh, whether they come from within the earth as well. Um, but, you know, I've, I've heard you speak before that you believe that what they, what we would classify as extraterrestrials are actually fallen angels or angels in disguise. How much, you know, like information would you have into that as well? Yeah, that that's a great topic of discussion because um, by definition, I guess you could say an angel is an extraterrestrial because right. their provenance is not of this world. You know, they, they could maybe inhabit this planet uh, and perhaps some of them do. But um, they're not originally from here. So um, an angel, whether it be an angel of God or a fallen angel or dark angel, would fit the definition of an extraterrestrial, regardless of whether they come from another planet or just another realm. You know, either way, it matches. Uh, But I would contend that you know, I, I used this analogy once I put it out in a, um, a post I made on Facebook not, not too long ago where I said, imagine that you're a fish in a koi pond and your entire life has been below the surface, engaged in a battle between the speckled koi and the solid colored koi. And you've been fighting for control of the pond, totally unaware that above the surface is a realm of air-breathing, bipedal creatures with advanced technology. And, of course, I'm talking about human beings in the analogy. Uh, And you don't even know or are aware they exist if you're a fish. Your world is below the surface. But you also don't know that those humans are the ones that are pitting you against each other to polarize you. So while you're distracted in this battle, they take control of the pond. Sure. And the next thing you know, you're enslaved or whatever. So um, I think that's a like analogy to us. We we ignore to our peril, there's a spiritual realm, and it's really advanced technology. It's angels that uh, have been around for millennia, where if man was created, you know, on the sixth day, and we've been around for 6,000 years, uh, the planet's much older than that. I don't believe the planet's 6,000 years old because God created the earth. We don't know when and how far back it go. But uh, when God put Adam in control of the earth, he gave him dominion, okay. which is like king, a kingdom. And uh, that dominion once belonged to an angel, an extraterrestrial whose name was Lucifer. Right. And he launched a rebellion against God and he lost. And so he was uh, removed from that throne and man was put in his place. Well, um, we've lost sight of the fact that that is the legal scenario of mankind. Humanity was given the birthright or the title deed to earth, and Lucifer wants it back. And he just can't 
fly in here with his machines and kill humans. Right. Uh, if he's got the technology, there's certainly, we couldn't fight against these superior beings if they engaged us in a battle, but he can't do that because God limits what he's capable of doing. So he has to go through the legal procedure. And ultimately what he's trying to do is gain the title deed back. And in order to do that, he's got to be partly human. So ultimately there's a hybridization program that's been going on, hence the abductees. Uh, the, the, the attempt is being made and it's not the first time this has happened. It happened way back in Genesis chapter six, but essentially a intermingling of human and angel DNA produced hybrids. Right. And uh, they're working on doing that again. They can't do it the way they did in the past because in the past in Genesis six, humanity was genetically superior to what it is today. And they could actually interbreed. Those angels that fell took wives mm. and they married them and had children by them. We don't have the same, uh, we've devolved since then. So our genetic material has been copied so many times over, it's not quite as good, which is why AI is coming into prominence because people like Elon Musk, they think with biotechnology, they can live forever. They're trying to become the transhuman or the posthuman man that will be like a god. That's the very same thing Lucifer promised in the beginning in the garden. So ultimately, there's genetic mixture going on in order to bring about a perfect human angel hybrid who's going to be the one that will claim the title deed. And the Bible refers to him as the man of sin or the beast. Is that, is that why, so like we read the Bible and, and is that why there's like, I guess like, Methuselah, like why he was able to live so long was, is that kind of like along the same lines, maybe that was altered maybe by an angel or by what we, what we would call an ET now. I mean, if you look through the Bible, you see a lot of different people throughout the Bible that, that live for hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, and would that kind of be along the same line? Well, for a different reason. So Methuselah okay. is a perfect example. He's the oldest lived human being ever recorded, 969 years old. I mean, Adam himself lived 930 years, uh, and he was the first human. Um, they lived that long because they were genetically superior to us, and the world was a different cosmos at the time. Sure. Um, but uh, when the angels that sin took the daughters of men, they corrupted the human bloodline and they were all destroyed. Mm -hmm. So it was after the flood that the world repopulated through Noah and his sons and their wives. And man began to progressively live shorter lives, uh, ultimately ending up in about what we have now. We're actually living longer than we used to, but, you know, through technology. Yeah. So technology didn't enhance Methuselah. Uh, technology is enhancing us now. But back in those days, they were just, I mean, when, when you think of some of the, the mythology of things like Thor and the legends of Hercules and whatever, they're based on some truth. Uh, these were people that um, were sort of like Asgardians. I, I would imagine Adam was like an Asgardian sure. in a sense. He was, uh, he was meant to live forever, uh, but death came in as a result of sin. Hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I always just wondered, I mean, it's quite unfortunate that we don't live as long anymore um you still see a lot of people maybe they make it to like 110 or whatever but it's rare uh, yeah it's extremely rare and it's it's quite unfortunate i guess well yeah so that makes a whole at, lot of at sense at one point we will the the genetic inferiority and, and really the disease is sin 
but it will be rectified in the resurrection because we'll take and eat of the tree of life right. and we'll live forever. So we'll go back to living those lives again, only we'll, there will be no death. So it'll be eternal. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Makes all our sense now. It's, and so, so I, I guess we would kind of lead to what I guess kind of led you to believe more that, that, you know, angels were coming to earth disguised, you know, maybe as ETs and such, because um, it's, that's, I don't find it, it's not, I guess it wouldn't be a coincidence that now they're starting to release, you know, all these top secret uh, documents from the Pentagon or things like that. It's, it's obviously, they could have done this a long time ago. And it's um, for a lot of people that have seen or they've experienced either by abduction or anything else, they obviously need no proof, but for a lot of the people that they just kind of, poo-poo the idea of aliens or anything coming from outer space or anything like that. Yeah. Um, is it more, I guess, to distract from something else or is there something coming in your mind? Well, the whole global system was designed to ignore two things, basically. The, the history of mankind and the future of mankind. Okay. You know, we're focused on the present. We're obsessed with the here and now. We're a very materialistic, myopic people today. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, uh, we're entertained, uh, you know, we're distracted, we are self-seeking uh, for um, whatever, you know, selfish is the word I should have said of that, what we want. And we ignore the fact that there is a history that we're taught, <clears throat> we, <clears throat> we evolved from monkeys Right. You know, we crawled. We were amoebas that crawled out of the water from the fish to some sort of an amphibian, and we evolved into monkeys, and then monkeys into men over millions of years. Right. And we have been progressively getting more intelligent, and that history is a modern invention because prior to really the turn of the century, uh, of really I should say the twentieth century, uh, most of mankind believed in a cataclysmic history where we were advanced in the past. There was a golden age. We had advanced technology. And then there was a cataclysm, which the Bible says is the flood of Noah. And from that, since that time, we've been trying to get back that knowledge. Uh, and some people refer to it as the secret knowledge, like secret societies, like the Masonic order and Illuminati and whatever. Their whole purpose is to try to get back to that secret knowledge. <clears throat> and there were two, um, two lines of knowledge. There was the godly line that went through Adam to Seth to Noah. And there was the ungodly line that went from Adam to Cain to Nimrod. And, and the, basically the satanic order has always been some form of a secret society that wants to keep the dark arts and the, and the dark mysteries hidden from the people. And uh, so one of the things that we're, we're taught is that we, we were Neanderthals and now we're smarter than we've ever been. Right. We ignore and, and ideas like Atlantis and all those things are just myths and we dismiss them as a joke. Right. Well, they're based in truth. Uh, we, the Bible says in the book, the book of Ecclesiastes that that which has been, uh, that which you see has already been and that which shall be is that which has already been. So I'm paraphrasing poorly, but you get the idea sure. that, um, that we, we haven't even begun to see all that we, we will experience and what our ancients uh, had before them. So we ignore that. And if we can get men to ignore that, basically there's no God that we're accountable to. 
so we don't face a judgment. And therefore, prophecy becomes irrelevant because whatever has happened in the past is also going to be repeated again in the future in a prophetic way. The, uh, the, the angels that took the daughters of men to infiltrate the bloodline in Genesis 6 are going to do something very similar in the future, and Christ said they would. And men ignore that and scoff at it. And we're in those days of the scoffers that, that people think, where is this coming? Where is this God you speak of? Uh, even <laughs> yeah. um, I, I heard an excerpt of Joe Rogan, the biggest podcast in the world right now, just basically lambasting anybody for believing that there was a Christ who died for sins. He wants the proof. Yeah. As though it's a scientific event that you know, like that God becoming man and becoming flesh and dying and rising from the dead is something you can measure scientifically, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's part of the problem. He's part of the propaganda of darkening the minds of this world. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've always had an issue with I mean I, I enjoy a lot of his work, but whenever there's some kind of topic that comes up like that and and he's quick to say, you know, like I need the proof. But on the other hand, he says things like, but who am I? I'm just a comedian and a, a UFC yeah. host. So don't listen to me. So it's just like, well, you got to make up your mind. Like, are you, yeah, exactly. you, you going to be there to like, to, to demand answers or are you just like saying that it's not inside your mouth? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm on the same boat there. I've had a lot of issues with a lot of those kind of things that he says, but um, the only thing that I always think about is like, well, where's the proof that it's not real? Like, yeah. If I have to show proof that it exists, you have to show me proof that it doesn't exist. There's historical evidence that a man named Jesus Christ right. was um, lived in, in, in Galilee or from you know, in Israel and, and was crucified. And then there's countless numbers of eyewitnesses that saw him raised from the dead. So how much more proof do you need? And men have been willing to die for that cause for 2000 years. You know, men and women have died as martyrs. What, what more proof do you want? Was that all based on just pure ignorance? People were willing to give up their lives and, and their freedom and their liberty over some knucklehead that just popped up in the Middle East somewhere that it really was a liar and a con artist. Right. You know, that, that just he's he's ignoring his own proof right in front of his eyes. He just said, what is the what is the measure of proof? You know, what is he yeah. calling proof? What is he defining as? Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's kind of rough when, I mean, I, it's, it's kind of a, a running joke, or it's acceptable to, to make fun of, you know, Christians and that, and their faith and such. And it seems to be like the only faith you can really make fun of without any kind of repercussion, uh, which is quite unfortunate. Um, you it know, is the target. Uh, yeah. I believe ultimately the, the people of God are always the target of the adversary. Right. And ultimately, we are right now we're being othered, ostracized yeah. and and uh, blamed. Uh, j- the same thing that happened to the Jewish people in Nazi Germany is happening to Christianity in the West today. And they're using the vaccine or the unvaccinated or all that nonsense to, to vilify us. And ultimately, we'll be blamed for whatever calamity that government creates. You know, um, uh, what is it? Uh, ab order, order, ab chaos or whatever. I forget the right. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. Order out of chaos. They create the chaos and then they create the solution. Well, we'll be the exterminating Christians will be the solution for the next ultimate chaos that they're going to solve. Right. Yeah. And it's definitely, I mean, how far up do you think? So I guess we could start with um, the Antichrist. Do you believe he's alive now or will be alive soon here on the earth? 
it's possible he's alive now. It's it's almost impossible to know whether or not for sure he is. Sure. But there's a there's a thing that's come to my attention fairly recently. I'm certainly not the first one to see it, but uh, I'm the first one. I, I'm, I'm coming to realize that there might be something to this based on some scriptural things. And um, so what the, the, the verse, and I, I don't mind, if you don't mind me citing sure. one in particular, because I think it would be useful for the listeners to hear this. It's in the book of Hosea, which is an Old Testament prophet. And in chapter five, the last verse of the chapter, there's a reference to God saying to Israel, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. And we believe that was fulfilled in the rejection of Jesus Christ. He came to be Messiah. The nation Israel rejected and crucified him, and he ascended back up to the Father. So he went to his place until they acknowledged their offense. So there's a national Israeli issue of confession going on here. But in the very next chapter, verse 1 says, it's like the answer of Israel. When they finally realize as a nation, not as individuals, but as a nation, this happened. They say, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us, and the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. And there's a promise of restoration of Israel. Well, what I'm interested in is the confession is taking place at some point in the future, and they say, come, let's return to the Lord, and they mention two days. Mm. Now, there's a passage in the New Testament in Second Peter chapter 3 that says, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So we believe that's a formula for understanding other prophetic things. Right. Therefore, if two days is 2,000 years in the context, then it looks like Israel will turn back to the Lord in 2,000 years. Well, when did the Lord go back to his place? When Jesus was crucified in 33 A.D.? 2,000 years later is 2033. So we're eight years, or what is it? Uh, uh, No, uh, not eight. We're 11 years away from that, or 12 years away from that. I forgot what year it is. 2021, okay? (laughs) Yeah. So 10, 11, 12 years away from that. Well, um, are you familiar with the World Economic Forum? Yes. And Agenda 2030, Mm -hmm. which is all culminating in these things we've been talking about. Uh, the great reset. I think the pandemic was planned and is a part of that. I think the release of UFO information is a part of that. Uh, socialism uh, and and the the um, one world go- government is a part of that. Global uh, climate change is a part of that. Ultimately, trying to bring all this power and control of the corporate oligarchs. So let's just say. If Jesus was going to come back in 2033, we don't know that he is, but we're just making the assumption based upon this prophecy. If he was going to come back in 2033, that would mean the seven-year period of tribulation would begin in 20, um, what is it, 26, right? Because 26 plus seven would be uh, 26 plus 33. 
-hmm. So if 2026 is the beginning of the seven years of tribulation, then right in the middle is when the Antichrist stands up and says he's God. And that's the year 2030, roughly in the middle of the year. So it's very possible that these things are lining up to say, and as far as I'm concerned, Agenda 2030, or, or excuse me, the Antichrist, if he does stand up in the year 2033, he's going to be a hybrid human angel Nephilim. And the reason for that is because in order for him to lay legal claim to earth, he has to be human. Okay. He's part human. you know. And when you think about it, it's the same rule applied to God. In order for God to redeem mankind, he had to become human in order to die, but also to lay claim to the birthright. So it's right. been a battle between Satan and God and humanity all this time. Yeah, it's <laughs> so it's it's gonna it definitely seems, you know, like you mentioned when it comes to policies and things that are coming into place and that are already here. A lot of things are being rammed through in a short amount of time right now, um, kind of destabilizing, you know, the country that we had, I guess, previously. I mean, what's normal to people, but I mean, within the last five years or so, everything's changed so dramatically. And even in the last year, um, we're coming up on the year now, but it's everything's just kind of been hitting all at once. There's all kinds of crisis yeah. going on around the world not just here in the States, although, you know, we mostly focus on the U S because that's where, that's where we're at with our families and such, but um, it's, it's definitely a scary time right now. And I, you know, I've spoken with about this before, but I've never felt so unsure of what the future is going to bring than now, you know, um, and like I mentioned, I've only been on this earth for 35 years, but everything has just been kind of crazier than I can remember. I, I, I guess maybe there were some times earlier in my life that I wasn't really aware of because, you know, as a kid, you just don't really pay attention to things. But yeah, exactly. Um, but now everything's just real. You know, everything's just getting a lot, a lot crazier. Um, I mean, like I mentioned, even five years ago, it wasn't as bad. Um, yeah, but, it's true. It's we've we've had more turbulent times uh, in the past. Obviously, the race riots, mm -hmm. uh, the Civil Rights Act uh, that was passed through all the fighting and, and the yeah we, we've had we've got terrible blemishes on our history of this country alone. Never mind the world. Um, and then uh, we had you know all the riots in the '60s and things like that that were going on. Uh, it, it's never been um, perfect, obviously. But it seems to be that it seems to me that we have reached a point where what used to keep some semblance of order was was a fear of God, yeah. a fear or, or respect, I should say, of our parents. Uh, there was a modicum of, um, you know, tradition and, uh, you know, we right or wrong, we kept to that and, and order was somehow maintained. Now, there's really nothing Nobody is um, passionate about anything, convicted about anything. Uh, no, nobody stands for anything except hopefully what's the, the remnant of God's people. And, and I think we, even the Christian church lives in the age of where Christ said, you're lukewarm. I wish you were either hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. I spit you out of my mouth. 
the, the church age is going to end with an event we call the rapture. But it's not because we've done such a great job. We go out because God says, all right, fantastic. You did it. You won the game. Let's go. It's going to be more like, you know what? You guys aren't any use to me anymore on this earth. You're my children. I'm going to take you home because effectively you failed me now. You've become so lukewarm. There's no passion. There's no zeal. You've turned to rock and roll, Jesus uh, um, uh, worship services, and you're not preaching sound doctrine. You're not taking a stand for anything. And at this point, I'm going to go ahead and switch the program back over to Israel because they're ready, you know. It's so, I mean, as a pastor, do you see, I mean, how has the progression been over the years? I guess, let's say we'll start five years ago. Have people been falling away from the church that you've seen? Has that slowly been, I guess, decreasing in a sense that they're just not showing up to masses anymore or they're just not it's just not as it used to be i, I guess it's not like how to phrase that but i mean have you seen that kind of change over time oh yeah no doubt about it you you've seen it it started in europe really after world war one the the christian church which really flourished there had the, the churches were practically empty and abandoned that's what the time of nietzsche and god is dead and all yeah. that happened. And so, you know, it's rare to find a church filled with people in Europe anymore. And then the American traditional church got so caught up in hierarchy and, uh, you know, pharisaical attitudes that young people started leaving that in droves and they went to the sort of the, the hippie Jesus and they turned to, you know, the, the praise and worship rock and roll music. You know, it's basically a rock concert. Right. And that's like, giving your kids candy all the time. They're not getting fed spiritually. They weren't being taught sound doctrine. So what we're left with is people are leaving the church because they're not finding what they need. Right. What, what's missing in our lives is a God-shaped void. And if we don't fill it up with his word and the truth, all the rest of the stuff is just like sprinkles on ice cream. It's not really nourishing. It seems sweet and attractive at the time when you're a kid. But when you grow up and you need spiritual maturity, you realize you're engaged in a battle, mm. not with flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. And we're not equipped. It's like sending you out as a soldier to war with a pop gun <laughs> instead of an AR-15. Under the Obama you know, administration. You're not equipped to fight the enemy, and they're going to mm. mow you down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've experienced that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> back in, during, I guess, the Obama administration, when we had that those rules of engagement for a while where... Oh, yeah. You could never, you couldn't fire unless fired upon, and you can have your, your weapons loaded and no magazine in the rifle and nothing loaded in the chamber. It's just like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. So it's, it's, it's rough. I mean, I don't know how much you've, if, or if you've ever heard of Father Malachi Martin, um, who used to be an exorcist for the Roman Catholic Church um, way back in the 90s. I mean, obviously he started way back in like the 40s and such, but. Um, he passed away like in the late 90s, I think. Um, but he had been mentioning at that time that, that the Vatican had been infiltrated by devil worshipers and and, yeah. and the devil had infiltrated the Vatican and such. Um, now, obviously, at that time, if that was going on and there was a lot of things going downhill at that time, I could just imagine what it's like now. But um, as a Roman Catholic myself, we've 
turned away from the church, not because we don't believe in, you know, in anything. It's just that we struggle to find churches, like you mentioned, with traditional doctrine. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of churches out here, especially um, where you go in and it's like stadium seating. And then they have a priest that comes in with a button down shirt and he's playing guitar and just all kinds of crazy things that as someone who is traditionally Roman Catholic and set in those ways, which is, you know, the Old Testament and such, um, those kind of things just don't appeal to myself. Um, yeah, I, and, I don't find them appealing at all. I, I wasn't familiar with uh, Father Martin. I'll, I'll have to look him up. Right. Um, but I, I'm not surprised at him because um, every major religious um, uh, denomination, if you, if you want to call the Roman Catholic Church a denomination, really, they were sort of bigger than that even. But uh, um, every, every time somebody tried to speak truth to power, and, and over the years, they, they've been correcting things, and they usually ostracized, even like a Martin Luther, sure. you know, who was a priest, and he was part of the Roman Catholic Church, but he was seeing things that were being done wrong. When he tried to correct it and bring attention to it, you know, they, he becomes a martyr. He becomes a, an enemy. Right. And, um, of course, now the fact that Lutheranism started from that probably wasn't right, because then it became another thing of following a man, and other mistakes were made. Right. So the denominations always might have started as a break off of the church with the right intent of protesting something that wasn't being taught right. And then ultimately that got infiltrated. And when you think about it, that's the MO all the time, because among the 12 disciples, one of them was a devil, <laughs> Judas. And then once the church was established after Christ rose from the dead, there were false apostles that took over the church at Jerusalem. And they happened to have been the half-brothers of Jesus, you know? Right. I know the Catholic Church might teach differently, but from, mm -hmm. from another perspective, the um, Mary and Joseph had brothers and sisters, had children that were Jesus' half-brothers and sisters. Right. And those brothers did not believe on Jesus. And yet they ended up in charge of the church at Jerusalem. Right, right. So even before the Bible ended, there was an infiltration of corruption where Satan always has an inside guy. A false prophet is always there to try and test us. And we're in another time of trial now. It's it's there's false prophets among us now, you know. It's just the age-old story over and over. Right. And how much do you, I guess, lend so I always get the the same thing from people that I speak to. Um they say that the Bible is is not correct representation of what jesus was or whatever because it was written by man um and that therefore they're interpreting what they want and they're adding things to the bible as they go um i mean I, at the same time i mean i know that's not true but i mean how would you go about responding to people that come up with that kind of argument because i i always find myself kind of i guess not lost but like not really knowing what to say in response to those kind of things. Um, yeah. and, and I try not to engage people with, you know, faith conversations outside. I don't try to push anything that I believe on anybody, but right. um, obviously when they come at you with those kinds of things, um, you want to stand up for yourself. Right. So like, what would you say to people that, that kind of find themselves in that position, not knowing what to say back? Yeah. I have two um, lines of, of approach to that. First of all, if the Bible is just a book written by men, 
which would be a statistical impossibility given that it's 66 books written over a period of 4,000 years in several different languages that completely agrees and is congruent. And the chances of that happening randomly is, is zero, right. okay? But if you're gonna say the argument, if it's just a book written by men, then God is not God and he's not worthy of our worship. So if you're gonna say, I believe in God, but you don't believe his word, then you've just totally taken all the legs away from believing in God. Right. Because then which God and, you know, which book, you see what I'm saying? So if he's God, he would have had to have left a record of himself. And regardless of the fact that he used the pen and the hand of men to write it, and I use that metaphorically because it could have been a stylus or it could have been a papyrus or whatever. Right. But um, regardless of the fact that he used men to write the Bible, they are the very words of God. And if he's God, he can preserve it. And he said he would in the book of Psalms that he's preserved his word uh, perfectly. The second argument is from a legal perspective, and we get law from God, we get our sense of judicial and justice from God. In a legal uh, hearing, you have a right to testify on behalf of yourself. Right. You have a right to face your accusers. And uh, if I stood on the uh, uh, on the the stand and said, I heard Paul say this or that, the uh, other attorneys should object and say, if hearsay, you can't say that, you know, what I say you said, or what I think you said, or what I heard you said is objectionable, because you're right there, you could give testimony yourself. And so right. it would not be admissible in a court of law. Well, you can say, I think God is this or God is that or whatever, but that's just your opinion. God has a right to testify of himself. And if he didn't leave a record of his own testimony, we're back to the same thing. He deserves the same legal right that you would in a court of law. And if he doesn't, he's not God and he's not worthy of our worship. So you're back to either being an atheist and now you've got to explain how this perfectly precisioned creation universe can exist. And something as marvelous as the human hand the right. mechanical structure is is a design wonder. And you're going to tell me that just evolved somehow accidentally. And this type of thing was reproduced millions of times in different ways, like the eyeball or uh, a horse's legs or, you know, whatever, uh, the, the, the flower, uh, the petals of a flower, the wings of a butterfly. I mean, you can't tell me those things happened randomly. Uh, they they were designed perfectly, and the very structure of DNA shows a, an intelligent design. And and it's getting to the point now where the evolutionists can no longer deny this. And so what's about to happen is the paradigm is going to shift from evolution to intelligent design. But it wasn't God who designed this; it was aliens, right. extraterrestrials that seeded the monkeys with their DNA back, you know, 100,000 years ago, and now we're ready for the next phase of our evolution where they're going to give us an injection to turn us into like them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you spoke about earlier about evolution and such, and I always found that quite absurd, um, the jump that, you know, humanity took, you know, like you mentioned earlier that of we started off as amoebas in the ocean and all of a sudden 
we're on land and then over millions and millions of years, we just kind of happen to just form into what we are now um, with all the kind of technical technological advances that we have um, even over the last, let's say 130 years. I mean, where we were when the Wright brothers were trying to build the first plane to all of a sudden having rockets to go to the moon in such a short amount of time, that just it wasn't by accident. We had help from somewhere. Um, that's just what, kind of what I believe. Um, I just I just don't believe that it's left up to chance that that we got to where we are now. Um, and it you just, want to get into some really interesting reading on that. Um, there's sure. an author named David Flynn, okay. who um, who wrote. Um, he's got a collection of works. He passed away, I think, in 2015 or 16, but. Um, he looks at um, the approach of the, the geometry and the numbers of mathematics. Okay. Can you still hear me okay? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Uh, and and um, they, uh, how they relate to specific things. And the number 1947 is a very interesting number. And I don't know if you're aware of that, but that's the year that the craft crash landed in Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. Right? <clears throat> July 4th, 1947. And he extrapolates from that and shows you all kind of interesting things based upon the the signs of the zodiac and the planet Mars. I mean, it's it's a it's an incredible journey to take. Right, <laughs> it's worth reading. Yeah, so I'm looking at his yeah a lot of the books he has a book called Alien God something like that. Um, so yeah, yeah something the... about the Sidonian Chronicles or okay. something about Mars. Um, there, there's another really good book, by the way, uh, about, um, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with his, um, his uh, opinion about aliens, but he has some great references to it. And the book is called Birthright by Timothy Alberino. Okay. And it's a Christian perspective of a lot of things, mostly about the coming of the Antichrist. But he gets off into a section about the abductions and aliens and things like that. And he actually thinks they're... Um, another form of sentient beings from another planet that are doing something. And he contends that they're going to, they're trying to take over the planet with this genetic hybridization program. And that's when Satan and the fallen angels are going to arrive to deliver us almost like it's, it's an alien attack and right. another uh, alien force is going to come in to save us. And that's why we're going to worship the beast and accept him and all right. this kind of thing. So it's another interesting approach. Right. Yeah, and it's so it's. I guess we would say like, do you? I mean, obviously that there's demons and maybe the devil has infiltrated. I guess the the top of governments around the world, but um, would that be more of? I guess so. Like I'll refer back to Father Malachi Martin. He he, he mentioned that, that there's a thing called perfect possession where an individual knows that. And willingly went into a pact with the devil to achieve, maybe want to be famous, maybe wanted to make a lot of money, get this kind of woman and get this kind of job or such. Mm -hmm. And that there's no mistaking the person would know for a fact that they were in this kind of contract with, with a demon or whatever. Um, do you think that it's possible that there could be possession at the highest levels of government, maybe not within our own, obviously, but around the world, maybe there's individuals that have made these kind of packs and are now sitting at, at the top of the world so to speak um 
for whatever reason, maybe trying to start wars, trying to escalate wars with other countries. Is like are these kind of things that you would maybe think could be possible? Yeah, I do. Um, I would I would argue it's more probably demon controlled than demon possessed. Okay. When you look at demon possession in the scriptures, it tended to be uh, sort of a violent overtaking of a person's body. Uh, they couldn't be chained. You know, they cut themselves. They hurt themselves. Jesus cast out devils and they would rend and tear and do those kind of things. Um, but demon control, because if you look at the origin of the demons and, and where they came from, right. not a lot of people ever ask that. You know, they, it's funny how people believe in demons, but never wonder where they came from. Sure. <laughs> evidently, they came from the disembodied spirits of the hybrid human angel Nephilim in Genesis right. 6. So they, they didn't have demons before the flood of Noah. And they seek a body. They, they're in a realm or a condition, a, a dimension, if you will, uh, that can't, you know, they, they're always hungry, but they can't eat. They, they don't have a body to absorb. So they're always looking to possess a body. And when they do, they usually cause damage or harm. But they can certainly control people without possessing their body. And they can, um, you know, uh, encourage, incite us, motivate us, whatever, distract us to do certain things. I would argue that these people you're describing that uh, Father Martin was talking about who get in these upper echelons of power willingly surrender themselves to Satan and demoniac control, not in the sense necessarily of being possessed, but they actually do think that Lucifer will become God. They treat God himself as the enemy and, and that like he's the usurper and that Lucifer is the true bright one. He's the one that should have control of the earth and he's going to eventually bring us light and illuminate us and whatever. So most of the people in the satanic global elite actually believe this, the secret families that have been in power for many, many centuries and their offspring. And through mechanisms like the MK ultra mind control and, and the, the technological explosion that Nazi Germany had that we brought over here, in Operation Paperclip, uh, which incidentally coincided shortly after um, the crash landing of Roswell, right. uh, you know, 1947, <clears throat> all of that, to me, are the are the techniques that, I, you know, uh, Hitler was obsessed with the occult yeah. and mythology and things like that, and so we just imported all his horrible people uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to continue those things through the CIA and the FBI and everything else. We, you know, this thing about the deep state, it's been a deep state for a long time. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's even uh, uh, stories that um, these aliens met with Eisenhower in like 53 or something. You've heard right. that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and basically some sort of an agreement was made that we'll, you know, we as the American leadership will keep this quiet as long as you only abduct certain people or keep it to a minimum and this and that. In exchange, we'll take this technology. Right. And there might be some truth to that, you know, sure. and then a lot of these mind control projects are things that uh, I think most of like the entertainment industry are, are like filled with beta kitten slaves right. and uh, monarch programming and all that stuff. That, that is very real and it's psychologically provable. Uh, and I do believe there's a pedophile ring in the upper echelons of power in Hollywood. And they feed into that through these refugees and these um, immigrants, children. The reason yeah. why these horrible people won't uh, stand up for our borders 
is because they're being given marching orders to get these children in there so they can be abused. It is a, it, it is, if America ever woke up to see what's really going on, we would probably weep and afflict our souls with sackcloth and ashes. It's so bad. It, it's, it's cognitive dissonance. We don't want to face it. It's too horrible to face. Yeah, I've, all, I've often wondered, you know, for good reason. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of people that have died because of the pandemic and such. But um, as much of a fuss as, as they make about it, I mean, I don't know what it's like where you're at, but here in Rockwell, there, there's no mask mandates and there's nobody walking around with masks, you know, things like that. It, that just doesn't happen here. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> there are a few. I mean, you see people. Yeah. And you yeah. kind of shake your head and like, I could understand. I mean, I'll wear a mask sometimes when I go into Home Depot because the sawdust yeah. lights up my allergies. I mean, right. I'll just, I've, I've always done that before yeah. there was ever a pandemic. Yeah. But uh, I'll still see people, you know, in their car driving with a mask from mm-hmm. time to time, and I just shake my head. Alone, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's sad, but I mean, it's, you know, like a lot of people making such a fuss about that kind of thing, and I get it. There's been people that have died and things, but yeah. where's the outrage for the 800,000 children that were abducted last year that are still missing today? Yeah. Um, and there's, that number is like constant year after year, like, Every year, there's no less than five, six hundred thousand kids going missing every year. Like, where, where, where are those kids going for one? And why does nobody care? I mean, these kids are missing by the hundreds of thousands every single year. And as soon as we came back off of, so like when the whole virus thing happened last year, when everybody was shut down, nobody was able to go out anywhere, or everybody was scared to go out anywhere. I would go down downtown Dallas and I would drive around. That's the first time I've ever seen the freeway like nobody on it there was nobody on the freeway but like one or two cars yeah yeah. and it's like i was the only person driving through the street no everybody was afraid to go out as soon as we kind of flipped back over to 2021 january february all of a sudden amber alerts were exploding on my phone every single day four or five of them every day four or five this kid was missing this kid was missing like Every single day, like, it's just like nobody, everybody's just like, oh, there's another Amber Alert. It's like, what do you mean it's another Amber Alert? Like, there's kids being taken from their homes oh, yeah. every year. Example. You could you could mention others like, you know, where's the outrage for the homicides that keep happening in yeah. a lot of cities that are controlled and have been for years by very left policy, uh, policy type uh, uh, politicians. Um, where is the outrage at, at the jobs lost through this pandemic and, and the lives that have been ruined because of, and, and, and the stupidity of like, I, I work for a technology company that just uh, uh, instated an issue where for the people that work on the campuses, hmm. uh, you have to be tested every single day at work if you're unvaccinated. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're vaccinated, you have to be tested once a week. Hmm. Well, then what was the point of vaccination? To reduce the number of tests? <laughs> it, it, we're, we keep moving this goalpost. It's insanity. It's not even There's on no the field. There's no reason to it. It's clearly mental. They, either they're mentally deranged or there's a dollar in it somehow. I would probably focus more on the money on, on that one. It's, <laughs> it's um, yeah, I mean, I understand completely. My wife works at a hospital, right? So she was lucky enough to not have to get the vaccine. She got an exemption, which was wow. great. Uh, which was surprising to us. We didn't think that was going to happen, but she does have to go in for tests. Like it's like every two weeks, I think it is. Um, I work from home, obviously, 
also so um i don't have to worry about that so but Same. it's yeah it's it's ridiculous i mean i don't know it's 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 rough for a lot of people out there but hopefully it gets better and it doesn't look like it i mean our, our border here in texas is taking a beating i'm originally from el paso so oh yeah it was like really bad with covid early on it's still pretty bad because they just keep coming right over like nothing and uh and that's another thing. No, nobody's asking that they be tested or vaccinated or, or you know, whatever, quarantined for a time. Yeah. It, it's not that, you know, it's it's not a racist thing to no. say, hey, if there really is a possibility of disease coming in, it doesn't matter what country you're from. Right. It doesn't matter your nationality. Uh, if there's really a pandemic, if there's really a health crisis, why shouldn't we take every precaution for everybody coming in? You know, mm-hmm. so how could you call that a, a racist policy when it tr- disease doesn't care? Disease transcends nationality. So it just it's just a silly thing to do. And it, it just proves that there's an agenda. It has nothing to do with common sense. It has nothing to do with uh, actually it has nothing to do with health at all. Right. It has to do with the destruction of a nation that is probably the last bastion of free market liberty in the world not anymore we can't even get gas and i mean i you hear stories about empty shelves and supermarkets and such and thank god fortunately up until right now that hasn't hit anywhere near here so hopefully that doesn't happen for us too but i have a feeling it's probably coming soon Uh, you know we're hearing about these container shipments off the coast and unless we can get them to ports like houston yeah Jacksonville, Florida, Miami, or whatever, uh, maybe New Orleans, I don't know, but uh, get get these things in and get them unloaded so we can have uh, these goods and services that we need on there. Yeah, anyone looking for a job, you uh, might want to try to get your CDL because there's a lot of trucking jobs going on right now. And oh, that, yeah, or, or whatever it takes to work on a dock. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shoot, if I live closer to the ports, then, you know, we'd be all over it also. But yeah, um, yeah well... Pastor Mitchell, uh, I really appreciate your time. Can you um, let everybody know where they can actually find your podcast as well? Absolutely. And and tell me, uh, uh, or I got to tell you, Pete, sure. and Paul, that this has been uh, just a privilege. Uh, every time I'm able to get on another podcast, I learn something and uh, I, mm-hmm. I meet a whole new audience, but you you share a different perspective. And I'm just grateful to you for reaching out to me. And thank you to your listeners for letting me be a part of your show today. No, I appreciate um, you taking the time out. You bet. Yeah. So my podcast is called Bible Mysteries. You can locate it uh, through any podcast app. Um, podcast, Bible Mysteries is also available to go to the website at Captivate, which hosts the platform. But it's easier just to go to utbnow.com. That is my website uh, where we have Bible studies. Uh, there's a, I do a live Bible study every Wednesday night and every uh, Sunday morning on Facebook. We hope to change that platform in the very near future. But uh, you can learn anything you want to know about us there. And you can also write me at unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com. You also have the Bible, Minist- Bible Mysteries YouTube channel as well, right? That's right. And, and our YouTube channel has both the podcast. And we're not a live podcast. I have a co-host named Zena. She's the right. warrior princess. Right, right. Uh, and she, uh, I, I love her input because she's a younger generation. I'm almost 60 and she's in her 20s. So okay. we get her perspective. And, and sometimes if I say something that her generation doesn't get, she's there to say, well, <laughs> wait a minute, explain that to me. <laughs> and it's great because she's such a fun person. And I just love working with her. 
but um, when uh, when you when we just started doing uh, the video podcast this year, actually this fall, so you can get that at Bible Mysteries YouTube. Right, absolutely, and we'll have everything listed down below as well in the description for this video when it gets uh, edited and uploaded again. Um, so everybody be looking out for that as well. Um, Pastor Mitchell, I really appreciate your time, sir. Um, please stay safe out there, and please come back on again in the future. Um, I, I found it very. Absolutely. Stay safe as well. God bless you and your listeners. And thank you again for having me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, everybody, I really appreciate your time. Everybody that stopped in to check out the live stream as well. Um, if you guys, like I mentioned, are catching us on YouTube and you aren't already a subscriber, please consider hitting that subscribe button. Uh, if you guys are trying to catch us on the go, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as I. Heart Radio at Truth Defender Podcast. Uh, we'll have all our social media linked down below, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have our socials account as well, socials.com. Um, if you guys want to ask us a question or a comment for myself or our guests, or if you have any guests or topic recommendations, you can shoot us an email over at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Everybody, I really appreciate you. We'll catch you back here on the 29th of October. Uh, we'll be discussing Planet X or Planet Nibiru for everybody out there um, with uh, Mr. Doug Elwell. Um, so everybody be looking out for that as well. Um, we'll catch you guys on the other side. Everybody stay safe out there. Stay blessed. And most of all, stay frosty. Mm-hmm.